Hey, Nergi Ponchi, have you seen Gaijin? Yep. He's in a Yorzia, Meowster. Okay, I'll grab him. He needs to raid in two hours, though. You better hurry up. No, 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 no. Listen, Gaijin, I don't have time to explain. We gotta go. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Rurikan here coming at you with another episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. I'm not exactly sure which episode we're on. It's either 74 or 75. I'll be sure to include that in the title. And I'm here with Gaijin Hunter. How you doing, Gaijin? Shields up. Doing good. How about you? I am sick, but other than that, I've been having a well, complete We blast. knew that. Yes, I'm I'm sick in all of the best ways, of course. Not not like sick in a bad way or anything. No, I'm sick in all of that the sucks. best ways naturally because yes. that's the way to do it. But um, I was able to basically um, peer pressure you into doing a podcast yesterday as you showed up on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always like talking once we have events and we get some news. That's always a good time to talk. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we'll start by talking about uh, most of the Monster Hunter stuff, and then we might touch up on some um, Final Fantasy fourteen things. Because obviously, don't tease me like that. It's just a little. It's just uh, just a just little a, bit though. Just a little bit. Uh, you'll notice yeah, this that will be Monster Hunter focused. Gaijin's avatar is slightly different. We went ahead and we used another website to create another avatar because the previous one wasn't working. I mean, for those of you watching the VOD, because there's also some of you going to be listening in on audio. Yeah. But, um, ooh, train coming by all of a sudden. But yeah, did you You haven't touched Monster Hunter for a while still, right? You're just like, okay, let's see yeah, what this Yeah, the last brings. time I touched it, I think it was the last title update. Um, you played a little they bit? they added... Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I farmed the living heck out of was it Lucent Nargakuga and the uh, flaming Espinas? Was that the last update? Uh, no, that was like oh, that was like God. one of the first updates. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. I might be confused here. Hang on a second. Last, last update, last I think, was like wasn't it Violet Mizutsune? No, it was Chaotic Gormagala. or was it both? I think it was Chaotic. Gormagala. Uh, it I faced them both. both. It might I have did been them both. both. So they, I did, I did them a little. I didn't make their sets though. But they were cool. You didn't make their sets? Aw. No. Dude, like, Chaotic Gormagala's Gunlance is potentially... That was a cool fight. It is potentially one of the best Gunlances they've ever made in terms of, like, pure stats, because you can Oh, wait, no, it. wait. I, I did make the Violet Mizutsune, but I don't think yeah, that I, was added in this last one. Was it? I, I don't know. It might have been. Like, I, but I did make the, the full set for that. Wait, you know, like I'm, I'm, we're we're talking about this, and it's like now it's killing me inside. I'm pretty sure it was Violet Music, but I, I'm gonna tell you exactly if it was or if it wasn't, just <laughs> just to make sure that we get the information right. It's just, guys, yes. these things tend to. No, it wasn't. It was Chaotic Gormagala, Risen Tio, and Risen Kush, and that was the one. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you got I, I, you got upset because you couldn't. Uh, 
you couldn't uh, start yeah i can't face the other two monsters so to me that was a that was or a Kea Gormagala update, which was solid. It's a great monster, <laughs> great fight. Um, Teostra, well, sorry, I don't have uh, 80 hours to grind mindlessly to get you. I'm sorry. Um, I, I do feel like those uh, those master ranks are are quite high because, like, I swapped my. I'm, I'm in the process of swapping my main save to switch, and by swapping, it basically means grinding the crap out of it. Mostly because of the fact that um, I, the the portability of the switch has been uh, particularly useful for me recently. With uh, yeah. I've been having a lot of social events that I need to be at, and I've had to go to the doctor, take care of some stuff, had, and basically being able to carry the switch around, I'm like getting a lot of game time in. And there's just uh, also the fact that most of the people that I was playing with on PC, they don't really play the game anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, well, now I'm sitting here on this island. And, there is yeah. something nice about the Switch, though. Um, like, I don't know if it's the fact that the game is so darn pretty, but there's something very nice about playing it on the Switch. It feels cozy for some reason. Even when I'm playing it, like, linked to the TV, it just feels cozy. And I know that some people are like, ah, friggin' peasant. It should be on the Master Race. And it's like, and we just had the game release on PS5 and Xbox. It's like, yeah, I'm happy for you, but I I'm not really feeling the the urge to hey, grind more, more choices the better right yeah yeah the more choices the better it's just i'm not feeling the 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 bur the the desire to grind yeah. base rise all over again you know like yeah, I'll, so i'm done i'm down to grind some more sunbreak but like going back to base rise it's just like uh, so what's your mr what's your master rank level right now on the switch uh i think i'm at like 60 or something if i'm not at 60 okay, i'm pretty so close to 60 i will promise you a follow-up monster only episode once you get to 120 you tell me in hindsight if i was overreacting or not because you were telling me <laughs> oh it's not that bad guys you come on i want to know because i've done the math and it it's pretty painful i mean For, as someone who is trying to catch back up or let's say someone had put yeah. the game down a little bit how is it ridiculously long or is it it's not so bad it, i would love to know it is, and I hope you tell me that I'm wrong. I mean, no, I, I can tell you right now that it does feel long but because so I already know what is there when you get to 140. And, you know, as I'm working to my armor set and I'm thinking about, OK, I want to plan out this armor set for wide shelling because I really, you know, I've been really enjoying the, the simplicity of the wide shelling play style where you can just like shell, shell, erupting cannon, shell, reload and repeat. Like that's just a very satisfying play style. So I was thinking about what what set do I want to make, and I'm like, dude, I want to get the powdered mantle uh, from Risen Teostra, and mm. you know <laughs> that that requires me to get the master rank 140, and I'm at 60, and I'm just like, oh, it's it gonna be a long it, road. It takes a while. Now I'm not feeling the grind as bad because I'm also grinding um, anomaly investigations at the same time. So I'm also raising the anomaly rank, and I'm focused more on that to get the. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to check in with uh, you in like two weeks and find out where your progress yeah. is because I'm <laughs> super curious because I've done them. The first 80 levels shouldn't be that bad, but once you start getting into the higher ones, it's going to be pain. Yeah, I, I expect it to, to, to be like that, which is why most likely I'm going to ask somebody in the community to come in and host like uh, what's uh, mm. the, the, the Risen yeah, Volstrax. Host the fight. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to get them to host Risen Volstrax for me, host uh, Risen Teostra, because it's going to take a while for me to get there, and I want to be able to craft my armor sets. 
So I'll probably just get someone to host those quests for me. But it sucks because, like, obviously, I'm a, a streamer. I have, you could call it the streamer privilege that I can just ask, hey, guys, like, like even the, the last stream that I did for Rise, I was grinding anomalies. And it's like, okay, the next one is going to be a Daimyo Hermitar. I was like, I don't have one of those. And people in chat are like, oh, I, I can just host it for you. And I was like, okay. So I open up the lobby. They come in. They host it. I even get to choose the level of the anomaly that I want. That, oh, that's wow. how much privilege I get, right? I'm, I'm be like, you okay. Just, um, hmm, can so I get a I level can, 180, this, yeah, that? Okay, thank you. It's like I'm at a, a gourmet restaurant. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> listen. I'll have the Daimyor Hermitor. I'll have it at uh, rank 80, <laughs> like medium rare. And yes, please, let's go. And then I jump in there and everybody just brutalizes the monster in mere seconds and it's, you know so, so it's like oh, for me man. grinding if i just do a live stream it's mega easy for me to just like grind stuff uh, and i've already yeah. done and i don't feel bad about it because some people are like well you're kind of like cheating yourself out of the experience like no i i've, I've already grinded like up to anomaly yeah, like yeah. 160 or something completely solo so i'm perfectly fine having an easier time now but it does suck for people that are trying to catch up and i do believe that that is kind of a major problem with they some of these title updates far, yeah as far as like the anomaly level thing only concerned i even i was seeing tweets about people saying that they made a change or they're going to make a change that's really good yes uh, can you tell me what that is uh they're gonna make a change where for starters the um Research requests are going to be lower level. At least that was my understanding because some of the wording in, in some of those tweets is a little bit weird. But my understanding mm -hmm. is like they're going to make the research requests a little bit lower. So what that means is, say, for instance, you're because one, one of the problems with it is as you're raising anomalies, you tend to like, OK, I'm going to focus on this quest because that's going to give me the most possible you know, gains. And then what happens yeah. is your other quests start lagging behind in terms of their level. And then when the research request shows up, because it gives you bon bonus points and stuff like that, it's something that you want to do. But let's say, for instance, the last time you did uh, a Nargakuga was like 50 levels ago. And so now you get a request that says like, okay, hunt the Nargakuga level 141. And then your highest Nargakuga <laughs> is level 100. And you're just like, well, crap. This sucks because yeah. leveling from 100 to 141, by the time you leveled that Nargakuga, the research request will have changed. So it's not really worth doing. Um, and you can go to multiplayer and, and do these things. But for people that are playing solo, you know, it's a problem. So that's why they're saying we're going to lower, in general, the research request stuff. And on top of it, uh, this other one was a little bit weirder. So I'm not sure if I got the correct thing. But they say that... Um, what they're going to do is the the requests that now show up are going to be for a certain level of monster. And if you hunt the monster that shows up there, then you get a bonus. So, for instance, you might have a request, like I was saying earlier, of a uh, Nargakuga level 141. And what happens is you just do another quest of 141, any monster you get a bonus. And then if on top of it, that monster happens to be Nargakuga, then you get another bonus on top of that. So mm. overall, big improvements to that. It basically means that people that, uh, you know, people that have like 200, they're just going to, because you get also bonus materials as well. They're, they're making the whole thing even easier, even though like I found that leveling it up now as I was, you know, coming back again on, on Switch from scratch, uh, it's much easier to level up now with just with the um, 
with the companions alone. It's just so much faster to go through it. Mm, that's um, good to hear. Yeah, that's that's the the changes that they're bringing. It's going to make it way easier to do, basically. But it's still going cool. to be a grind. Don't get it wrong. It's still going to be a grind. Very much like <laughs> the whole master rank thing is still going to be a grind. And it does exclude mostly people that are playing solo. Like, because I have a lot of comments that I hear from people, including even in this update, people commented on the on the VOD from the live stream that they were like, oh, I haven't played since, uh, you know, title update two or something like that. And yeah. trying to get back up to this and like the master rank requirements are just astronomical. So yeah. if you're not, if so you're what not happens doing... when you make it grindy, it, it, they're treating it like an MMO or something. Uh, it makes me question. So they got the goods. It's just so hard to access the goods. Yeah, it's it's like if if you're not playing multiplayer, you in order to catch back up, it is going to be a problem for people that are exclusively solo playing. Yeah. It's one hell of a grind. Now, it's important to also note that there's a lot of people that enjoy that grind, so, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It's it's just It's what it is. It's 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 actually something that I was um that I I have a video coming up on the channel uh about Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, which is a game that I've been playing. And uh you know, I I got to a point in that game where I was like, okay, th this this is way too grindy for what I'm willing to put into the game at this point. But I recognize that there are going to be people that are going to love this because like the the amount of min maxing that you can do, you have like yeah. your regular stats, you have affinity stats, you have, uh, you know, you have diff fifty different classes that you can level up to get passive effects from and all of these different things, two classes. That you, and the level of min-maxing that you can do on that is extremely appealing. But at the same time, after I leveled up a character to a certain extent and then I would go into an event and I would get two shot, I'm like, yeah, that's not, nah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But again, I understand that some people dig that and that's cool. Like there are people that are going to love the grind and you know, getting all the materials and leveling up their stuff to the nth degree. But it does exclude uh, some of the some of the people that are kind of like left behind, which I do think is a problem that Capcom needs to potentially yeah. consider. You know what I wish they did is like, I call this Excel scaling. This is basically, it's like an end game mechanic that's, you can basically see the spreadsheet. Okay, it goes to 260 now, it goes to 300, now 350, get 999. And you know, it can be fun because it gives you pretty much limitless type of uh, content to do as things get harder. Every little minor change you do has bigger effect and all that kind of stuff. but when like the the common solution that i prefer for that is the tower solution i call it which a lot of games employ rpgs particularly where you would have a tower that's endless right and you'd yeah. start at like level one and it would be like an anomaly thing right where you would have each floor would be a different monster and, and then you clear it and that's like a checkpoint right and then you're at that level maybe they have a function where you could spend points to spin so you get a different monster on the next level if you get one that you're bad at or you don't want but you know you would gradually work up the ladder and there'd be some crazy, stupid, crazy glams or something that you can get. Yeah. I think that would be cool. But now it's like they have a bunch, of, like a tower for every monster, right? Like every quest variety is its own tower that just keeps going yeah. and going and going. And it's kind of like, <laughs> couldn't you consolidate it a little bit? Like all Beast Wyverns or something. That would be kind of cool. All Leviathans. I don't know. Just yeah, so so you're saying like group up monsters by by type, and it actually it, w it would be much nicer, say, if when you were doing the you got the rampage skills, yeah, that would help out as well. Now I, I was talking, that. I was talking about the anomaly quest, right? You'd be doing the anomaly yeah. quest, and instead of you seeing something like oh, hunt a Rathian, you'd get 
hunt a flying wyvern, and then you would have levels associated with flying wyverns. Yeah, you are right. Even that, that would, would be, be good. that would be much better because that way you wouldn't have as many situations of like, oh, this specific monster just got left in the dust yeah. for me because I didn't. Let's have say a you got to, quest. yeah, say you got to anomaly level fifty or seventy-five or hundred, you get new titles like you know, like flying wyvern destroyer. I don't know something like that. I don't know. I just feel like they made it. To, Every single little thing you want to do is now a, an insanely huge endeavor. And for the person who only plays one game a year, like I've been with another game, that's pretty cool because you don't really ever run out of stuff to do. But for the one person, it's like, okay, you're invest all this time in one thing. But then when you want to do, you know, item number B over here, it's like, ugh. or for people who just want to get into it late, it just feels like an insurmountable amount of work to catch up. Yeah, so. that. That's one of the that's one of the things that I was thinking about because as I was as I've been leveling on on Switch, I was also thinking, dude, I also want to do like a want to do like a charge blade set. And you know how charge blades are like mega powerful uh, with the yeah. elemental damage and all of that stuff. And I was thinking to myself, man, it'd be cool to do a couple of charge blade sets. And then I reminded myself, oh, but then I have to do curious armor crafting for my. Uh, set and yeah, I I I'm, I need to spend all those materials on my Gunland set first, and you know, because I've I've been I've been thinking a lot over the the last couple of months about how um you know if I was to pick a, a bunch of weapons, which one would they be? And at this point, it'd be Gunlance, Sword and Shield, and Charge Blades. Those are weapons. And I'm like, I'm pretty comfortable playing the game with these weapons. I feel like I'm pretty competent. All of the other ones I can kind of like learn and figure out and play and it's whatever. But these three, I feel like are my specialty. And I just want to like focus on making sets for those three. But in Sunbreak with the current systems to actually make sets that excel, you know, that actually min-max, which is something that I yeah. enjoy doing, is like you're talking about a master rank grind i'm like no you don't understand <laughs> like <laughs> you think mess you think master rank grind is bad let me tell you about anomaly armor uh yeah. you know curious armor crafting that's uh a, a so the the, the grinding lands and iceborne seem like kitty park at this point they do they they 100 <laughs> percent do like it's but, mega mega but let's talk about the the big news so they had uh, a direct this morning yeah. at 8 a.m. Thanks, Japan. They do it right as, you know, students are leaving to school, adults are leaving to work. It's like, could you... It's, I get it. They wanted to have a time for everybody, but time no, zones suck, you know? Yeah, th time zones do suck, and I think that this was one of the first times that Americans actually got, like, a decent time zone for the event, because usually... Uh, okay. Usually it's it's been, like, uh, I think either 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. my so. time. Which, you know, Ooh. in America, that, that is going to be friggin' wild depending on where you're at. Like, I think... Uh, okay, maybe, I'll give maybe if you're, You guys deserve it. Maybe if you're in the East Coast, it's probably going to be around 9 a.m., you know, whatever. So it's doable. But if you're West in the Coast, West Coast, oh, like, you're, you're donezo. <laughs> you're yeah, gonna you're, have you're going to be have to staying up late or waking up very early to, to get those. So, so in a way, I'm not, like, super mad about it. It was still 11, which is kind of, like, better than some of the stuff that we got back in Monster Hunter World, where we'd get updates at 1 in the morning, and I would be streaming that, and that was, yeah, that was hardcore. Whoa. But, um, yeah, the, we, we, had, but, we had an hey, event. Go for it. Big surprise monster no one saw coming. Nobody saw no Velcana coming. Nobody. Nope. I was right. out of left field there. 
it was it was actually pretty <laughs> funny because I made um I made a video uh, ahead of of the event because I was like, okay, let's do a video kind of like talking about the potential monsters that are coming out and whatnot. And I this is interesting because this is something that the community had already figured out and talked about, and I wasn't paying too much attention to it because I've been <laughs> I've been playing like uh, different Final Fantasy games and all of these different things that just kind of like refresh and then come back into Monster Hunter a little bit more fresh, right? And so I was looking at the, the question mark as I was bringing these things up and I'm like, wait a second, the question mark in here has the Kimura art style, but the question mark in the updated one has a different style. So I start looking up like, uh, you know, question mark in Monster Hunter Tri, question mark in Monster Hunter 4. And then as I start Googling this, I run into a Twitter post from Kogath that just straight up says, oh, this is the Iceborne question mark. And I was like, okay, it's Velcana. <laughs> it's, it's a million percent Velcana. Like, there's not even a, a question in my mind. Some people are like, oh, it might be Nergigante. And I was like, no, no, it's Velcana. Uh, and yeah, so we got Velcana, which nobody saw coming. Yeah. And then we also got uh, Risen Volstrax, which also nobody saw coming. Uh, we totally didn't. Nope call it out on the previous update just they, like nobody sees they came that. out of the sky like a meteor you know we never yeah. saw it coming we never it's it, it's it's the same thing as right now at the end of this update we were all talking about okay so next update uh risen shigaru magala or potentially and risen Velkana, but most likely shigaru because he was uh in the base in the base yeah. uh expansion so yeah, yeah, we already know the 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 risen monster. Whether or not we get hey, uh, a Matsu, I'm looking. I'm looking at version 1.5. It's April, conveniently two months right before the summer game fest. Monster Hunter Six, come on, announce you, it there. You you think they're gonna you announce that at the summer game fest? Uh, I think it's possible. Or yeah. if they need more time, they might. I mean, Tokyo Game Show is a joke at this point, and. Gamescom is great, but I don't see them using that as a platform. No. So Summer Game Fest, yeah, I could see it. Especially now with what is it, like rumors of all the major publishers pulling out of E3 this year, apparently. I don't know the truth yeah. behind any of that, but I, you know. Yeah, I think it's possible. It de all depends on development schedules, I guess. Yeah, the um, I, I also said during the event that I feel like either E3 or close to E3 is probably going to be when they're going to announce it. If not, then it'll probably be around fall, which yeah. um, made people question, okay, so how many more updates do you think they have in the, in the bank for Sunbreak? And my theory was that besides title update five, I yeah. think we'll get one more update in the summer. Yeah. For bit. the rest of the, maybe uh, not, maybe not as big monsters. And then one more update in fall, but nothing after that. I think that that will be their plan. Yeah, it's possible. It sounds right. Because if they, they're going to start any sort of marketing campaign for a new game, I could be wishful thinking. They could surprise us and do nothing this year. I don't know. But, uh, no, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think so, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a bit. Uh, but f let's continue talking about the update, and then I'll tell you why. But Valkana, so. though, yeah. the arrangement on that song is gorgeous. Yeah, dude. Val Valkana, oh Valkana is a really cool monster. She's not one of my favorites. Uh, I think Valkana is a fine monster, but I still have memories oh, of her. basically brutalizing her with the clutch cannon build, which was disgusting because she didn't have a lot of moves that could remove you from her head. So you could just like abuse the clutch claw build, which made her like one of the best monsters to farm in the guiding lands. 
you just go in there and then by the time she was dead the ground would just be glowing everywhere with uh with shinies it was wild i just want a dual quest with velkana and malzeno they are perfect together what about because they both they both do the stabby stabby with the tail it's like a like a lance thrust it's yeah. so cool i love it and what then about... like she'll be popping off all the aoe's he'll be zipping around zoom, 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 zoom. What about Velkana and Frost Doggo though? Two frosty boys. Lunigaron. Lunigaron's a mid game monster. Yeah, but it's they could they could they could juice him up. They could, uh, I mean, look, they have the anomaly the anomaly system. They could juice up any monster they want at this point. They can just make a quest and be like, "Yep, this Lunigaron is going to be juiced up and he's going to deal way more damage." So I don't know. I just think it'd be an interesting thing because hmm. you'd have two frosty boys in there. True, but I mean, I'm happy to see uh, Velcana come. It's it's such a fine monster from Iceborne, but it it got me asking though, like, and I I feel like I'm entitled here with this opinion, and I feel horrible to even say it, but it's what I felt, and oh. I gotta be honest, is where's Nergigante? This is the fifth generation. Like, if you're gonna celebrate it, celebrate it properly. Like, where where's the king? If we got the queen, where's the king? What is he too much of a pushover when you have wire bugs? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think he he would be too much of because they can kind of they can tweak around that. But and I don't know. I also feel like I wanted to see more new monsters as opposed to yeah, just constantly returning monsters, which is why people are telling me, oh, which which one are you more excited to return? It's like, look, to return, there's <laughs> only there's only two monsters that I would really love to see in this game, which would be the Ranmaran or Janmaran. I think it'd be really cool to have yeah. those. Uh, but other than that, I would rather see new monsters, right? I'd also love to see yeah. a Talca or something like that. But I want new. I monsters know a monster's coming, like who doesn't? But I would, yeah, Matsu. I would rather. I would trade a Matsu for a new elder, a new elder dragon, or just a new monster for the final boss. Yeah. So to say, like I, we, yeah, it's too many returning. We we need something new and fun because all the new ones have been really great. Yeah, it, it's like. When when it comes to Amatsu in particular, just realizing how much fun it is for me to fight uh, the 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 flying snake wyvern thingies. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, great, another one of those. Yippee! <laughs> they have to. Re- I think they really need to step up and redesign the fight a lot, like they did with uh, Fatalis. Yeah, I think if they don't, it's going to be disappointing. Yeah, I agree. But if they do, and it could be bling, like that could be one of the best fights in the series. We'll, we can, we'll see. It could. We'll, we'll see how that works out. But um, yeah, so Valkana's coming. That's uh, pretty cool. Um, most likely. <laughs> was, that a, was that a pun? No, no, no. Pretty it cool. wasn't. It, it's, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I thought you were about to. Cool. I thought you were about to criticize the delivery on that. It's like, you don't sound too excited. And I was going to justify, well, I'm tired. I'm blah, blah, blah. I am excited. But no, you you just went, so, oh, that's a nice one. Okay. okay. But, um, Sorry, I'm, I'm a dad. No, Wait, no, that's, that, that is cool. That is cool indeed. Anyway, uh, I think that we're getting, um, we're probably going to be getting Frostcraft, uh, yeah. which is her, her, her set thing, her set bonus. Fun tool to play with, yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be split up if we take into account like the way that they've been doing sets. Uh, it's probably going to be spread out across three skill points, I would imagine. So you'd get yeah, like three skill points across so, yeah. three different armor pieces, which I think it'll be interesting to have both Frostcraft and, um, for instance, Flame Mantle 
both at the same time would be really cool because you get a huge burst of damage for having the frost graph and then every now and then you have another burst of damage in the form of flame mantle it can make for some really bursty builds but that'll be a that'll be an interesting set to kind of like work around particularly for um rage gaming he's gonna love that stuff mm. and his great sword builds for sure um and then we're also going to be getting uh, Risen, um, Risen Crimson Glow Volstrax. These names are getting oh, a little bit out of control. I know. <laughs> I wish I could face him. And I know that I can get someone to host it. I can just join it. But that just reminds me how it's such a stupid artificial wall. But was it like uh, Master Rank 160? 160, yes. Uh, I want to solo him. That's the problem. I, mean, I really want to. I like soloing like, these types of monsters. Like, look, the way, I, the way I, there's no way. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to ask people to host it and then leave. I know that it's a little bit rude, but it's like, listen, I just need you to host the quest. Then, then get out of out. here. <laughs> Please. Thank you. <laughs> because like the first time that I fight him, I also want to do it solo, of course, because that's the way that I've always done it. I want to play against the yeah. monster solo because that's the more interesting, which there is a th one thing that's going to suck is I'm going to be fighting him with only one palico. Because once the other yeah, player yeah, leaves, because you I, go don't in think, with two players. I don't think you get your Palico back, if I remember correctly. Probably not. And, and what about, I wonder if maybe if I disconnect, like if I pull the cable, maybe it'll be like, oh, you're offline now. Here's your other Palico. No, like I doubt might, it. I, I don't know. I, I need it, to test that, actually. It could be worth uh, trying. Someone try it. Let us know in uh, chat uh, if you're watching yeah. this on YouTube. Like, leave a comment if you tried it do the science for science yeah for science <laughs> but uh yeah ri risen I, i'm i have no idea he looks what, cool though he, he look he looks amazing i have no idea what his um armor set's gonna be though like because he, he's mm. gonna have another unique skill all of the risen monsters so far have had like unique skills with uh teostra and kushala yeah. having extremely powerful skills like uh the the last set that i crafted in um in p on pc actually had one piece of like look at this right one piece of teostra one piece of kushala one piece of flaming espinas and one is. piece of um violet mizutsune so let me tell <laughs> so let me tell you all of the different benefits that i get from this i get the violet mizutsune which makes the monsters be enraged more often because they take more damage when they're enraged i get the um the TO, which every now and then you just get like a, a burst of like 800 damage or something like that. I get the Flaming Espinas, which gives you Intrepid Heart. So that every now and then I can take a hit and not get staggered. And I get one point of Wind Mantle on Kushala Daora, which made my Wire Bugs recharge faster, which I already have Wire Bug Whisperer level 3. So that allowed me to just like spam Wire Bugs. It's not even three points of Wind Mantle, it's just one. I would I was able to like spam wire bugs had all of these damage skills monsters were always enraged it was a ton of fun it is a ton of fun because I still have that set and I want to make that set on switch as well but it requires a significant uh, time investment and then I also like I was working on the curious armor crafting for it to get stuff like oh I also want to get sneak attack in there and all of these other skills there's just so many powerful skills that you can get that yeah so Risen Crimson Glow Volstrax is probably also going to have like a three-piece skill that is going to be very unique and it's going to do something crazy wild, I would imagine. Must be nice. 
it it is it is nice but it does require quite a quite a bit of uh grinding time which <sighs> you know it's it is it is what it is it's my fault but yeah yeah so like i was saying we'll probably be getting um two more updates for this uh you also agree that that is probably going to be what ends up happening now one of the things to me that really bothers me that they haven't capitalized yet and i wanted to get your opinion on it is like the boat the big boat in the guys mcgorm fight you know what i'm talking uh-huh. about the big boat with like the three dragonators whatever fires dragonators yeah, yeah. from afar all of these things why don't well, we have a hunt on that boat i want to yeah, be even on that Malzina boat would be fun right any monster dude i just want to be able to like you know the boat is moving because this is something that like i've been super passionate about pretty much since because i played lost planet 2 before i got really deep into monster hunter and lost planet 2 in a way is almost like monster hunter but with guns because you also have the four player co-op you have all of these scenarios and there are several scenarios in lost planet 2 where you are on like a vehicle of some description that is moving at high speed and there's a big monster. Like, there's one fight that if I'm remembering it correctly, which at this point, it's been so long since I played Lost Planet 2, I could be just remembered incorrectly, but there's one fight where literally the... It's almost like you're fighting Jan Ran or the Ren Ran. Yeah. It's a Because there, there's, a, there's a sand monster. Fights. Yeah. And, and, and there's like really cool cooperative elements in that fight where it's like you need somebody like carry bullets from point a to point b and then load the bullets into the cannon then you have another person that goes into the cannon fires the cannon and it's just really really cool to have that cooperative element it's something that i i feel like you could capitalize on that and back in the day with jen ran and for you and stuff like that not jen it was darren i think uh and for you yeah but uh you know it's just something that we haven't had in so long and with the boat, I could see like an aquatic monster of some kind, like maybe even a, a giant Legiacris, right? Mm. Like a giant massive one that you need to get on the boat to fight. And you're fighting him and he's smashing against the boat. And you're your, firing your description the is making me for some reason think of God of War boss fights because sometimes they're really Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like they're, they're very spectacle fights and, and stuff <laughs> like that. But I just think it'd be so cool to have like one of these where you're on a boat, and, 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 especially because yeah. they already have the boat model and that boat looks so badass. I'm like, bro, I just want to be on that boat. It's the Portuguese in me, man, because we used to rule yes. the seas. We used to like go everywhere on big ships. Uh, yeah, I keep calling it a boat. It's it's because in Portugal, it's, it's in Portugal that that word. Well, actually, whatever it doesn't matter. But basically, yeah, it's it's a big ship, and it's like I just want to be in a big ship fighting a big monster, and I think that'd be cool as hell, especially because that one fires like explosive dragon airs. Like you still remember the first time you fired that thing into guys McGarm, and they're like, "Fire!" Oh, yeah. the guy, that was, and then it goes <laughs> like I want more of that. Like right, and, and, you know, a really spectacle hunt, but. You know, right now they're mostly just okay. Here's another monster and another monster. And I want a big set piece fight. Maybe they're saving something like that for that fall update that I'm theorizing Hope about. So. But who knows? Who knows? But that would be cool. Yeah. But uh, like, here's one thing I want to talk about, which I I want to get your take on, which is they showed off what is arguably one of the best Palico 
costume or Palamute costumes in the game. Yeah. Which was the mini Valkana. And it looks amazing. It reminds me of the uh, mini Fatalis that you could do in Iceborne with your Palico. But everything around the details of how they're using it is weird as hell for me. So one thing that really struck me was the fact that it's not a reward for doing the quest. Like, no. why wouldn't like that? That's what made those things really fun. I thought was that, you know, you could use your, your orb to go make a weapon or a piece of armor, but, or you could spend it on a costume for your pet. Of course you're going to do that, you know? Yeah. And that was a kind of a, a fun thing. You'll break both her horns, break both the wings, get, do something, get a rare material and use it and, and, and be happy and flaunt it and, and you know everybody can get it you know and all that but they decided to say you were just going to give it to you <laughs> they're going to give it to everybody yeah free of course free of course but they're going to give it to everybody um but they won't say when for the normal people but if you make a capcom id today in the next four days that's all you got so if you're out of town sorry buddy uh four days you got to make their 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 capcom corporate id you do that, and they'll send it to you in just a few days, like like in the first two days of the release. So you'll get it early, whether that's a week early, two weeks early, a few days early. I don't know. They haven't said. What a weird way to treat what is, I thought, one of the highlights of the stream. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, I'm happy they're not selling it because, <laughs> God, I, I wouldn't put it past them at this point. But, like, yeah. not a reward, and they're putting in their corporate. I mean, you know the developers didn't want to do that. Like that's someone in corporate saying, no, we need more people signing up for the Capcom ID because we want to blast some newsletters out there. We want to get some data on our players. So give it early to the people who make an account. And uh, it was last minute. So yeah, give them four days. <laughs> what the hell? It's um, it's it's a weird thing. And I think that one of the reasons why they're they're doing that um, is I remember um asking for access to exoprimal which i then end up for i completely forgot to follow up on but i was told that it's like okay in order to get access to exoprimal you're going to need to have a capcom id so i'm wondering if it's somehow linked to exoprimal they want to be able to like promote it and they want to have people already ready to play exoprimal with their capcom ids because uh i, I think that exoprimal is also going to be launching on consoles going to be pc on consoles and you do have the option of linking that account to uh, an Xbox Live account, Steam account, and a PlayStation account. You can't connect it to the Switch yet, uh, but you know people were thinking that, oh, you can't get the, the layered uh, armor on the Switch then, right? For the, the, the Palamute note, but you can get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a separate page that you gotta go to to apply to the campaign, whatever, and you basically have to choose, which is another thing that kind of sucks, because like, if it was... An event quest, you just do the event quest, get the thing on both platforms. But because it's this campaign, you have to choose. You either get it on Switch or you get it on Steam. But you know, it's gonna go. But then again, it mm. might just be the early access because you were saying that I was early access. I wasn't even aware that. Yeah, this yeah, was no, the yeah. It said on the site that everybody will get it, and they they use the word gojutsu, which means like. Um, Shortly after, like maybe like a week, a few days, uh, okay. who knows? That, but then again, I've seen them use that term, and it's like two weeks. But it's not like it's going to be like a you know, USJ. Yeah. It's going to be like two months later or something like that. They're going to give it away to everybody, which again I think is weird. But 
Uh, if you want to get it early and you want to flaunt it off, you got to make your Capcom ID. It just feels so corporate. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's basically them getting getting you to like, okay, give a, give us your email so that we can you know fire off a couple of uh, PR blasts your way. It is important. They to had kind a of, like, tough time here in Japan, just so you know. Like we've had the Capcom ID for a long time now, but it took them years to get people to finally transition off their old ID system to the Capcom ID system. Like they had to constantly what threaten the... people. Okay, now we're. I can't remember what the name was before that. I can't remember. It's hmm. totally lost on me now. But it was, it was basically the same thing, just different ID system. Um, but now yeah. they want to consolidate it. I think it was the Capcom. I want to say Cog ID. I don't know what that stood for though. Ah, uh, Capcom, Capcom Online, Games, Online Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, remember yeah. something about that. I think I had one of those actually. But yeah, yeah, that's been a, I mean, so it's, it's making an account is simple. So like maybe if people are saying I'm crying over nothing, like go for it. I'm just saying that it's really cool and there could have been a more meaningful into, you know, way to put it in the game that yeah. was like an objective than just saying, yeah, we're just going to give it to you. And uh please sign up for our account. <laughs> Yeah, just just sign up for the thing and you'll get it. It just makes but... me shrug my head like, oh come on, roll my eyes, you know. It's um it's one of those things that definitely and now I, I, I guess we have to like look, if anybody thinks at this point that me and Gadgen don't like this game, you I guys love the game. Both of us love the game. We've said it multiple times, but we're also going to criticize things that we think they're not doing right because without us providing feedback things can't improve because a lot of times i get the, the whole thing of people telling me oh you're just constantly being negative and it's like no you need to understand before i even express these opinions online i make sure that you know the community manager yeah. at capcom is it's never gonna work you know that right? of exactly how i feel it's not gonna work it's, it's, it's like i'm always I, still, I got a comment on twitter the other day someone was like what the hell you were you said you, you said icebreak is the best Monster Hunter game of all time at this current moment. Iceborne? I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, Iceborne. See, and, I actually, I actually disagree. With and that. the thing is, is like, they're like, well, you made all these videos hating on it and how it was bad compared to old games. I'm like, what? Yeah, I made like over 150 world videos. I I had beef with the reskins, which I will hold to my grave. Yes, that was a bad thing. I did have a video, one video, where I was trying to come to terms with the fact that. Monster Hunter has changed and it's different. And this, you know, that happens, right? And just, you know, what I missed from the older classic types and what, what we get in this one. But for the most part, I love that game. Yeah. Like, I didn't like the end game at first. I thought it was too grindy. They fixed it, in my opinion. And I loved it and I made guides and stuff on it. I don't like the end system for Sunbreak at all, but that's a personal preference. It's just my gameplay. Maybe they'll change it in the future and I'll be like, oh, no, this is sweet. I don't know. We'll see, but I know I I love this game. It's just I'm playing another game right now, and I'm just I'm just not into the end game, and that's fine. Yeah, I wasn't it, into Guild Quest for Monster Hunter Four either. Like I didn't do the whole 100 Shagaru. Like I let someone else do it, and I did a few hunts, but I threw away every weapon I got because I didn't feel right personally with having like a awesome fire weapon or from a nice monster that I killed, and it was just a random drop. It just felt weird to me. So. Yeah, everyone has different flavors, you know, um, things they like and things they don't. The the thing about, I feel, the the internet is that it really promotes um, extremes in terms of Extremism, like opinions. Yeah. So, every end, yeah. 
So people tend to either like, listen, you either love this thing or you hate it. It's the whole hate it. waffles versus pancakes thing where you're like, oh man, I really like pancakes. So you, you're saying you hate waffles. That's what you're saying. What the hell is right? wrong with eggs? Like, why are you <laughs> leaving that out? Yeah, exactly. Were you a vegetarian? Like, well, yeah, exactly. You it, know it, seem, the it seems that there's a, a lot of things like that and people... Yeah, uh, it's it's very It's very hard to explain nuance where it's like, no, I love this thing. And then there are these aspects of it that I don't like. But it is important for us to, to talk about it. And I just wanted to preface this with the discussion that we're going to be having next, which is about the DLC, which... Uh, I, I do got to say, the, the, the DLC that they showed today was hilarious. It's the, you know, those scribble drawings of the hunter? Yeah, those are friggin' That's awesome. That's funny dude. as like, hell. When I, when I first uh, saw them, I was like, bro, this is so cool. <laughs> I, it's like I really wish that those in specific would have been like quest rewards, you know. Well, that that should be yeah. like if you do the twins, you do their collaboration quest yeah. all the way to the fina- the final. Like that would be a really nice. Like add a couple. You know, of you more get steps. like Minoto's final challenge. You and the yeah. two sisters go out. You know, like that'd be I, pretty dope. I think that'd be cool. You could add like an, a couple of extra steps to their quests, and then it's yeah. like okay, you do these all the way and, and make it hard because like it is a very yeah, yeah, unique yeah. looking armor. Just make it, it hard. Looks great. But, uh, you know, you could go that route and then you would get them. Although these ones don't bother me as much as like the, the weapons, Lost Code right? weapons. Because yeah, I, I'm like, agree. you have, you have compa- maybe not super comparable things, but you have plenty of comparable things in terms of quality. Yeah, that you have you can fun, fun goofy outfits. You have fun, goofy outfits. Yeah. So, so I'm like, yeah, that, this, is, this is fine. Although I just think it would have been so much more rewarding if we would have gotten oh, yeah. those because i mean those things are like so simple right in terms of like textures and all of these things it's, it's just got like the the fuzzy palico texture and whatnot and you know I, I was like these look so cute and cool and awesome that it's gonna suck that some people are not gonna be able to play around with them because they can't yeah. afford it right well you know <laughs> they've got a really bad i think they have a bad idea of how to they could do so much more with marketing with this game like, can you yeah. imagine, like, if they ha- they added in, okay, follow requests are a huge deal, and many players probably have not engaged with it. Say, okay, Minoto Quest, do her thing, get this crazy outfit, then we're going to do a, a, a Twitter campaign. Everyone take the most funniest pictures you have while in this suit, you know, and do, like, yeah. a photo contest. and so- Like, you can get community engagement. You can get all sorts of earned media exposure if you wanted to go that route. Yeah, it would have been... feels like a wasted opportunity. It, it would have been some... Because, like, you know that there would be, like... Right now, you're going to have, like, say, a couple of hundred people that are probably going to be, oh, I'm going to buy this and then I'm going to post it yeah. online. If you gave access to your whole player base to these crazy-looking costumes that have already been involved in your marketing and under, like, <laughs> your guides and, the you know, the, the previews and all of these things, you would have thousands of people posting images of themselves doing stupid things whilst wearing <laughs> these costumes it'd be amazing like what do you mean i don't you gotta I don't fu- you gotta you gotta you gotta give kindle to the fire of the community in order to keep the flame really burning bright and i think it just feels like a missed opportunity because the the asset is cool yeah it's 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 like really cool i'm i'm i might actually buy these i might actually buy these um they're interesting because- I, I do like them and and I and I kind of do wish that like they would think some of these things through because like I was thinking about where would have, where would have been a, a scenario where like I would have been much more accepting of of the weapons for instance because you know I've spoken against the weapons on multiple times and I've told 
Capcom exactly how I feel about it and everything's cool. It, it doesn't make me hate the game like a lot of people think. But um, it's like, imagine, for instance, right? You have these two sets of weapons that they've made where you have the Lost Coat and you have the Fluffy Weapons. Let's say, for instance, they gave you the Lost Coat weapons as an event quest and then they sold mm. you the Fluffy Weapons or the other way around. They gave you the Fluffy Weapons and they sold you the Lost the lost of code weapons. I would have 100% bought the other one. You know? Because like, okay, no, you're giving me this one for free. I'll buy this one. You know, that's that's the point that I'm making. When you have something that has mm. something unique that you, you can't really fully get in the game, the, in, you know, something of comparable aesthetic value, I feel like you should have one that you give to the players and then you have another one that you sell. Because... Yeah. And if it's engagement they're after, all they had to do was say, hit Anomaly 100 on Mizutsune and you get a special layered weapon. Yeah. You know, people would be playing the hell out of this game to get those because the designs are so good. Yeah. I, I think there's, um, there's I've, I've seen a lot of comments of people and usually the sentiment goes like, oh, I'm just waiting for... World two. I want World Two. Like they see the title update and all their conversations okay. about what what when's the yeah. next one? When's the next one? I'm good. When's the next one? And it kinda it kinda sucks. I feel like if, if people had yeah. like a little bit more motivation to to do some of the, the things. Yeah. Because well it doesn't feel like they're necessarily expanding on the game, right? They're just they're they're adding more to the back end of what's already there, yeah. which makes sense. But I mean, I mean it doesn't feel like anything new outside of monsters are coming. It's still it's still a lot of content, right? I, I think oh, it's, it's also important lot, yeah. to acknowledge the amount of content that we get. Because like Oh, it's great. You know, you, you have people I had people instantly say the moment the thing was over, ah, I'm done. Whatever. That was, that, that was not a great event. Now like, what do you mean? We're getting two new monsters. We're yeah, getting more more quality of life features. We're getting all of these things. And your instant gut reaction is like, eh, whatever. It's like, if you think like that about every title update, it's like, oh, it's just whatever. The well, first then, title update, you just got- Then you're done with the game. Yeah. You just got four monsters, a new, a new area. You have the anomaly yeah. investigation system. The other one, three new monsters. And now you also have layered weapons and expansion on the anomaly system. The next one, three new monsters, and now there's additional follower features. This one is just like they keep adding more and more and more, and it's great. It's fantastic. I think yeah, that these the title updates great because update is got to be the best update they've done. That if, was amazing. If you think about it, this is a game that like when Sunbreak came out, uh, I think that the probably whatever the the definitive edition, whatever they called it, it was like what sixty dollars for sixty dollars yeah, and nothing <laughs> else. This. And nothing else, $60, you're talking like, I have over 1,500 hours because I've played the game twice, but like on each individual save file, I have over 700 hours of gameplay that I'm going to be able to continue playing and having fun with. There's tons of value there. So, you know. And if you want to spend more money, you could buy DLC pack 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 for the wildly discounted price of $200. <laughs> it's two hundred dollars. It's twenty five dollars for a DLC pack, which is like a. It's cheaper, right? If you buy it in a pack, and you get all the goodies, and they they have pack number nine. So do the math. That's two hundred buckaroos in DLC. Yeah. See, that's that's yeah. where I think they're they're going a little bit too far. As we were as they're we were talking hard. about. Yeah. Someone was asking me like, "What do you mean going hard?" I'm like, 
why don't you go on like we were talking right before this podcast like you go on and you look for the forest dlc it's just a piece of armor that looks nice it's like a yeah crocodile dundee type of thing like just going outside like an adventurer nothing horribly special but cool um you want the little handcuffs yeah that's that's a dollar fifty uh you want the the, the boots yeah it's a dollar fifty the hat, that's nah, a dollar fifty. It's like it's seven fifty overall, but like it's, to see little handcuffs on the store for one fifty, just so you can see, because you know people with OCD like me, we want the full set, right? We don't yeah. want to have that odd piece out. And you're like, yes, I could buy only the part I want, and that's a cool option, but it it's not a good look, you know. Like, and you're going to the page, and it's like, here's a small little under the eye tattoo. Here is a earring. Here is a uh, a bracelet and they're all DLC separate. It just looks really weird. Yeah, I was I, this was the first time that I actually looked at it because Optics. um previ- previously I bought um the music packs. I bought like two music packs on PC. Yeah, and, yeah I bought I'm going to I'm going to buy those on on Switch as well because I really love the music packs. The music of the game is freaking great and because you can also get music from previous monster hunter games and you just play it on on elgato or in kimura yeah. or whatever i think that is a really cool feature and that is something that i that i really appreciate because again it's like you have this feature in the game you have the full soundtrack in the game you can choose to play whatever track you want from this game for free see that's it where just you expands on it if you want to spend that's, some money that's where i'm talking about when i say comparable value there's something of comparable value in the game that is completely free that i can play around with do whatever i want i'm like i am perfectly comfortable like spending upwards of 10 20 euros just to have more music in the game because i already have so much right and that's the the thing so that one for me is like a no-brainer so that's the dlc that i've bought on pc but i didn't look at this individual armor thing and we were looking at at it because they had this slide that showed oh there's a discount on dlc right now uh, on the lost code weapons. And I was looking up this discount and apparently it's not active in Europe yet or if it even is going to be active. At least in the Portuguese store, I couldn't find it. Like I was there and it's like, these weapons are the same price. But, um, you know, that's when I started looking at and, and you were talking about, oh, there's these individual cuffs. They cost 150 and I was looking through the list of DLC and anybody that has a Switch, you guys know how slow the eShop is. It is mega slow. Like the time it just took to load all of the different DLC things. In oh my there. lord! Yeah, I was scrolling down and I was like, "Oh my god, this is next level. This is too much." Like, I think the sweet spot that they had was Monster Hunter World, not Iceborne. I mean, yeah. Iceborne I was also okay with, but it, in Iceborne it's also just like tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of it. I feel like World felt really good because. Uh, when the thing went on discount, I was like, okay, here's 50 euros. Give me all of it. Boom, done. It was something like that. And I just have all of the base world DLC. I don't think I even used it. I don't think I even used any of it. I was like, I just want to give you guys some money. Here, boom. Give me all of this. But like when you have all of these things and these tactics, like, I'm going to split this up into itty bitty pieces. And it feels wrong. And I feel like it goes a little bit against the the spirit of the game. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm here's the thing. I'm not even against them selling uh, the cosmetic armors at all. Like, yeah, sure, go go wild. It just feels weird selling it like little piecemeal each individual. Which I think, again, I can understand the argument for it. Which you know, you'll have someone that's like, "Hey, I can't afford yeah. to like pay seven fifty for for full armor thing." 
but I'd really like to get that chest piece. And they can just go in like 150, get the chest piece. But it still feels weird. It, there's definitely something different to it, especially when you're looking at the, the, the store and you see like rows upon rows upon rows upon rows of DLC. It's like... It's pretty freaking wild. But... um. I'm trying to count really quickly a few of these, but... Uh, oh, no. You, that's what you were doing? Because, like, I, I'm looking at your camera, and you're just, like, staring at the screen very... Uh, paying attention to this. Uh, focusing hard. Mm. He's, he's still going. <laughs> I'm just looking at the DLC items. There's over 200. Over 200 pieces of individual DLC? Items. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. I and, don't know. I feel. I, I feel mean, like, I get it. like people say you need to you need to have extra money to yeah yeah I, make I more content. Agree. But I also think that like maybe they go too long with some of the development on some of the content. I don't know. Like they sell so many that I can't see how the sales don't support the development. But it's just it's it's optics really at this point. Yeah, because I mean, I'm not against DLC. It's just the optics feel weird. I don't know how best to describe it. Yeah, cause, cause like at at the end of the day, I find it interesting when people are like, "Well, you know, they got to make money." I'm like, "Dude, I'm you understand? I'm one of the biggest proponents for this game making as much money as possible. I want them to oh, have yeah. like boatloads of money so that they can keep making and working on it. And it's also one of the reasons why I make so many videos trying to get more people into the game so that they make even more money. But the thing is, I want them to make more money by selling the game to people, as opposed yeah. to selling these little pieces of content i think it is and i think it is also for the developers themselves like if you think about it from the developer's standpoint i think that imagine somebody who worked on one of the pieces of cosmetic armor knowing that you know there's only going to be a, a very limited number of players that are ever going to wear that armor like that developer when they were working on that piece of armor they were like oh man i want to yeah. see everybody wearing this and then you know the, the armor gets added into the game and there's like two or three pictures on on Twitter or Instagram or whatever of people wearing the armor, they're like, oh, I guess people didn't like my armor that much. And it's like, well, no, there's... They, they, they probably don't even get to make the decision. They just design the armor yeah. and then somebody higher up just goes, like, okay, this one goes into the game, this one goes into DLC, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of angles there, but fundamentally to me, I just want more people to buy the game as opposed to buying the DLC. And I think that even having more DLC included for free generates so much positive publicity that you will, by that effect alone, have more people buying the game. In a way, I feel like, imagine this, if the Lost Code weapons were in the game itself, you could be getting, instead of a couple like a hundred uh, sales of, of Lost Code weapons, you could be getting a couple of like hundred sales of the actual game, which is much more profit in their pocket. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong because I don't have like any market yeah, data or anything like that. So fundamentally, I don't know. But that is what I would prefer to happen myself. I would like them to sell more games, basically. Yeah. Which is also the reason why I'm so happy about the game coming out on uh, on consoles, on PlayStation, Xbox, all of that stuff. You haven't tried any of those versions, right? I haven't. You said that uh, I was a little disappointed to hear. You, I was really curious about the HD rumble on the DualSense because that yeah. is implemented so well in a game like FF14. Like, oh, my God. I was yeah. thinking, like, of all the possibilities, like, that is a DLC you could sell me. 
honestly. Like, if you say, I'm going to give you HD rumble features that, you know, all the roars are different. The the texture when you're walking on snow versus walking on water, the sound. Like, if you, it's such a killer feature. It's so good. And I hate Sony. The fact that I'm praising them to high hell yeah. just tells you how impressed I am with it. But it sounds like they just have rumble. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, just rumble. It's just regular ass rumble. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing special about it. Like which, which is weird to me because like I was I was playing Stranger of Paradise at the same time as I was playing um, Rise, right? And Stranger of Paradise has HD rumble in certain places. And but one thing I know, gotta say that they did right though. I was watching. Did you watch the Digital Foundry review of it? No, uh, I haven't, but like the, the game runs fantastic. Holy crap, like the amount of like PC like options that they give people on a console, yeah, yeah. like <clears throat> being able to include that is amazing. That needs to be praised because I really wish other games did that because you really can fine tune the experience to what you want. It's See, really impressive. I, I actually Props. am not I'm not a huge fan of that feature, but I did mention that feature was there. Because like I love it. I think that's great. It's like, look, for the people that like messing around with that stuff, I think that's great. But that is one of the things why I prefer playing on consoles and a lot of video games. This guy's, I don't so want to be, I don't want to be messing around with this. Okay. Like, well, that's look, a good thing. Like Digital Foundry will go through the presets and say like, okay, did they nail the presets where you yeah. don't have to think about it? And they did. And I, it looks really good. I, I think that, I think they did. I think it's simple enough that most people can get it. It's just like, I, I wish that we were kind of like past this whole thing in consoles that we have of like, do you want performance or do you want 4K? Do you want performance or do you want RTX? And it's like, no, bro, look, just target 60 FPS and give me the best visual detail that you can give me at 60 FPS and boom, done. And if you can, because like the, the, the weird thing for me is that that I know that there are actually people out there that prefer 4K 30, and I'm like, I can't relate. I dude, I will <laughs> take, I'll take 1080p 60 any day of the week over 4K 30. Like, it's just the way that I, and I know this is weird as someone who just said at the start of this podcast, oh yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna be playing on the Switch now. It's like, bro, you're playing at 30 FPS. What is wrong with you? It's like, <laughs> it's it's different. There are other advantages that I get from the Switch that I value more than. Well, the, the Switch is also rate. small enough that, if, especially on the go, that the and, the fidelity looks so phenomenal, yeah. no matter what. And and the, and there's there's another thing that I understand that this is a very uh, this is a very minor thing, and for some strange reason, it bothers me way more than it should because I, I've caught myself basically mentioning it on every sing, on on both of the reviews. Ooh. That I've made that? for both the PC version and the, the the console version of Rise, I caught myself criticizing this thing, and 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 it is for some reason it triggers the crap out of me. It's the fact that the food cutscenes at 30 FPS. I can't. Oh, I can't, good God! It it murders me, dude. Like every. It's horrible. The, it it's so what? jarring that that but to why the can't point they fix that. I don't understand. I, I don't it's get it. Game engine rendered scene. I mean, there's it, no it, reason. I, why I believe that there's probably mods that do it, which is the worst part. I think I've seen a mod that fixes that, and I'm like, bro, come on, because why don't they? It's jarring, yeah. Like, like let me let me just. I, I'm Wait, not so it's kidding. like that on the consoles as well. Yes, uh, it's the same thing. It's just like on PC. The moment the cutscene starts, you can instantly tell. And the, I'm not kidding, because like you you do this so often, even though you skip the the you, you skip it. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like oh, I've seen the the animation, whatever. I'll just skip it. It's for most people, this is not going to be a big deal. But for some reason, 
in my brain, it kills me. And it's so much more pleasant when you're on the switch because it doesn't swap. It's like it's 30 yeah. here and it's 30 here. And it's just seamless. It just it's it's like what's what not a problem. Like removing the green screen, right? It, it like ruins the it's not immersion, but it ruins the experience a little bit in the fact that it's so jarring that it you, is your consciousness shifts to it and you're like, Yeah, I don't want to focus on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't know what it is because like I it's probably something just really weird about me, but like the whole shifting from sixty because I'm not even somebody that cares that much about frame rate. I, I don't, so long as it's somewhat I think it's like so long as it's somewhat it's stable. stable it doesn't bother me if it's thirty. Yeah, because even if you it's know, even if it's twenty four, software it games from, it won't from bother me. software games bug the shit out of me because they have bad frame pacing and I see it and it bugs me every time I see the you, hitch. You should and you should they be will never more, fix it. You should be even more anal about it than me then, because like I, I I barely ever notice it on from software games. But like, but yeah, the the sometimes I'll even just like casually watch the cutscene on on switch because i'm like ah it's nice it's it doesn't it doesn't like break the flow of frames yeah it's just like well, that's it also just the problem like if you watch the cutscene your eyes going from 60 or even 120 at this point to 30 it's a really it looks like a slow motion like it's like weird. laggy video yeah. and yeah. It, it just looks horrible and you would think that as the developer that they would want to fix that because it just doesn't it's, look good Cause you cause you can fix it. The consoles can do it at sixty FPS. And I even had someone in the comment section at one point saying, "Well, maybe it's a cinematic choice because you know movies aren't made at sixty FPS." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's I, I refuse to accept." It shows that. your outfit. No, I it com- shows your. It, sh- I completely it shows your refuse outfit. to to accept that this is a, a conscious choice that they're like, "Yeah, we need this to be thirty FPS because otherwise it wouldn't look good." It's like, no. No, the, I'm nope, so, I nope. don't believe you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's the, the I think this is one of the excuses at one point that they tried making uh, for the Evil Within or something like that. They're like, oh yeah, it's it's uh. a more cinematic experience at uh, 20, 30 FPS. And I was like, yeah, right. You can't yeah. get like that, it was that forgivable in RPGs. Like you're playing a last gen game, like Lost Odyssey. I think you had the same thing or Blue Dragon, where the cutscenes were pre rendered. So like they weren't gonna. It would be nice if they had redone all of them, but I think the size would probably not fit on the disc. But uh, they just said, look, we, we had to cut corners. We chose where to focus our energy. Yeah, the- so cutscenes are 30, the rest is 60 or whatever. That at least you know that it's pre-rendered. There's a reason, but like for in-game rendered stuff, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't why, 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 didn't you, yeah, why didn't you fix that? Besides, besides that, like uh, I, I wish they had done HD Rumble. Like I, t- I told you myself before the game release, I was like, "Oh man, I can't wait to see what a Wyvern fire feels like." And then I was like, "Yeah, yeah it's it, it rumbles a bit." And then they have uh, haptics on there, which you can turn on or off, which I've turned off because the only thing that it was doing is it made blocking harder. I was like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the the added immersion value of." Making it harder for me to press the block button. I've I've heard that oh, from man. from uh, people in the Call of Duty community uh, when they initially tried using uh, haptics on on the DualSense controller, people were actually losing matches because it was harder for them to pull the trigger. So people, everybody turned it off because they're like, "No, dude, I'm I'm actually losing matches because it takes me like a split millisecond more to pull the trigger because as I'm squeezing oh, it, man. it's fighting me." There's like in some games it's done really well and in other games it's like it, it's it's weird. I feel like in, in Forspoken, which is another game that came out recently, it also makes no sense whatsoever because 
the way that you cast spells is by pressing the trigger button and then they put resistance on the trigger button so you're supposed to be spamming it and the button is fighting you all the time and I'm like, what is this? Uh, a workout for my middle finger? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what's the thought <laughs> process there? Am I working out my middle finger? Like, like I'm lifting weights over funny. here? It's, it, it's a weird thing. But it, I, I think that not everybody gets how the whole thing can kind of work. You know? It's, like, yeah. a, a situation where I feel like it would be interesting for the, 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 um, the trigger to fight you a little bit is and I don't know if you can do this because I I haven't seen games use it like this. But say for instance, when I'm doing wyvern fire, it's a specific button combination. If by yeah. the time I press it, then the trigger would fight me a little bit. Like that would be interesting because it's like hey, you're doing wyvern fire. Mm. I'm gonna fight you a little bit. Like that would be cool because it's not like you're doing wyvern fire all the time. Whereas blocking, you're can there's a lot of times that you're required just like pull up the block. So you know it's, it's yeah it's, i think some more interesting implementations of that outside i think hd rumble yeah. enough if it's tuned is enough to add a lot of immersion it would be stuff like you know like when you you hold the buttons to hold on to a monster that you're you're mounted on or something like in past games like yeah. you mount something like having it where like it's not harder to press down but it just stops midway so you feel yeah. like you're holding on to something that's fighting you back but it's still easy to hit it that would be pretty yeah. cool yeah like uh, at, and then at- Add stuff like that to uh, wyvern riding. Yeah, that'd be that'd be legit. Add some kind of resistance there. That'd be cool. But but no, Xbox also, really needs to copy Sony. I keep saying that, but they really yeah, need they to do. say, you know what? I don't they care do. if it's proprietary. We'll pay you. This shit's good. And, and and the funny thing, the funny thing about this whole thing is, it's like I feel like Nintendo were the original innovators in yep. a lot of these fields because I specifically remember when I first bought my Wii, the 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 first Wii. And I was like, oh, wow, there's this thing here. There's like a speaker in this controller. Yeah. And when I slash my sword with Link, the, the speaker makes noise. And that's like actually really cool. And then I PlayStation's mean, like, oh, we're stealing that for DualShock 4. And boom, DualShock 4 has like built-in speaker. And then Nintendo comes out with a Switch where he's like holding the, the whole glass with the, the ice and whatnot on the controller. And it's like, oh, it's got <laughs> HD rumble. And literally everybody on the internet was memeing on it. They're like, oh, it's so dumb, HD rumble. And lo and behold, out comes the dual sense. And I was like, oh my God, HD rumble is the one of the best things since freaking sliced bread. It's like, wow, dude. Because yeah. like when HD I mean, Rumble came out, I was like, you know, this this actually sounds interesting. Like I'm curious about this technology because I reminded myself like, oh, they used to have speakers on the Wiimote and that was kind of like revolutionary. And, you know, it's just weird that people meme on it and all of a sudden like, oh, no, this is actually fantastic. But yeah. Yeah, it all comes down to implementation, right? I remember the first time I experienced haptics was as a kid. I don't know if it was middle school or high school, but it was the Rumble Pack for Star Fox 64. Oh yeah, that blew my damn. That blew my damn mind. Oh my god, I remember that vividly. So I <laughs> laughed at the idea, and I looked at it. One that looks bulky. Tried it out. Oh my god, that was so cool. Like, what? What do you mean the oh. controller vibrates? That's so stupid. Why would you do that? Oh when, man, when Nintendo the, the first better. ones to come up with that? I, I I don't actually know because I wasn't. Into I don't know if Star Fox sixty four was the first one. I don't know, but that was certainly the first time I experienced it. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can that- find out. Yeah, it's it's funny to see like all of this um, technology. Arms had a good thing as well. Like if you're playing Arms, if you're 
you got like the little like stringy like wire it goes like you could feel the doing in the controller dude really I, nice. I i loved arms i think arms was actually arms very is underrated. the most underrated switch game i loved and adored i would game. i wouldn't say most underrated but it's definitely one of those that is well, very underrated because because i remember i think in that year it even made it like my one of my on my top 10 list i think it was like number 10 or something but i really really liked arms and it was so weird for me because most people you know they were very critical of it they're like oh arms it's so stupid it's a stupid game i'm like what do you mean this game's hilarious this game's great like i had so much fun playing arms i don't understand why people like didn't get into it i loved arms i, I thought arms it. was amazing music art the yeah, way they rolled out the characters, the gameplay, everything was just... Mm, it was fantastic. So it was a great game. I freaking adored it. But um, Okay, well, I yeah. don't know the conclusive answer, but a lot of people are saying, at least on home consoles, that yeah. Star 64 and the Rumble Pack was the first. So that's just another first for Nintendo. They came. I mean, assuming that that information is right, they came up with yeah, Rumble... Yeah. They came up with Rumble on controllers. Well, they certainly were the first ones that had the best implementation of it. For sure. so, so, so they came up with Rumble on controllers, speakers on controllers, HD Rumble now, and they're always like on the cutting edge. It, it's also but, funny because like people nowadays, it's almost like, um, you know, people love the Steam Deck, which I think is great. I think it's fantastic. But I find it interesting that every, a lot of times when people are trying to sell me on the Steam Deck, they feel the need to say that the Switch is a bad system. They're like, oh, your Switch is yes. terrible. The Steam Deck is so much better. And I'm like, you understand that if the I Switch didn't Switch. exist, probably Steam Deck wouldn't have existed either. Like, you do understand yeah. this. Like, it's so frustrating sometimes, you know? It all comes like, down to the games nobody, as well. Nobody was, was doing that kind of... And it almost seems like I'm super fanboying for Nintendo right now. I'm not. Like, listen, I buy the platforms that have the games that I want to play. That's it. I, I even own an Xbox because I wanted to play Scalebound, Okay. That's how much I, I like, listen, I buy the platforms that have the games I want to play. That's just the way that it goes. But it's like, it bothers me sometimes that people don't acknowledge the, the thing. Cause like when switch came out, everybody's like, Oh, switch is so great. So, and then something better comes out. It's like, Oh, switch is so bad. I hate it. It's terrible. And they feel the need to just like tear into it for some strange reason. Cause like nobody was making handhelds like that since ever. And then suddenly switch comes out yeah. and there's like all of these knockoff ones that they did in China and then there's the Steam Deck, and there's the you know there's some that are getting more mainstream and stuff like that. There's the the Razer one and all of these things, and and, and people now just want to poo poo on the Switch, and I'm like, bro, like chill. Well, it's like you said, everyone, it's all extremes. At it's this a, yeah, point, it's all, it's all extremes. Know? It's all extremes. It's a, what but, do they call it? Is it is it tribalism? Where like you know yes, you're like tribalism. yeah, I'm in this group. Yeah, it's just a stupid. Which thing, which is kind human, of like something that humans are dumb, dumb monkeys. That's what we do. Yeah, it, it's something that you like, probably. No, no, I'm sorry, sorry. I, I interrupted you, but that, it's it's one of those things that you are you've probably been a little bit more exposed to now because you're in Final Fantasy fourteen. You've probably been exposed to the whole we hate the World of Warcraft community and vice versa. We don't like the Final Fantasy fourteen people. It's it's also very tribalistic there too. I I just I maybe I'm just interacting with different people, but I, yeah, I, I've been having I've been having fun, fluffy times in FF fourteen. So so I'm still hooked as ever. I mean. You you got me on thirteen months now, <laughs> like dripping in my IV every day, which is why I'm actually going to we're, we're going to have to cut the podcast a little short this time because I ha it's 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 raid night for me. I'm gonna be raiding. Um, we we still have like a couple of more minutes. Don't start running away yeah, already, Gaijin. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, let's do it. 
but um yeah and also there's um there was a, another tweet that came out recently which um it was uh Ratatosker saying oh i started playing destiny 2 again but i figured i'm probably not going to stick with it because if i'm going to play an mmo it should probably be final fantasy 14 and i instantly had to say hey i hey. i take no responsibility for this i did, did nothing you Hey Jay had a video where he's like, I wonder, these are the games I would love to play. And then he, he put it on the list and he even mentioned it. He had a funny joke with me oh, about no. it. Like, and I just said, sending love from Eorzea in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say do it, but you know, it depends. Get the other games out of your system. I think Final Fantasy 14, if it hits you like it hits me, it's like, I, you know, what they say, before you have a baby, like do what you want to do in life because the focus becomes the baby afterwards. It's kind of like that. It's right now. I, I think that you're in a very specific situation, like we were talking a little bit last night. I think that it's also because you have someone that you're constantly playing with and you guys have like your yeah. schedule synced. That makes it much more interesting because when you're playing it alone, it's very different. Like you'll get into it, yeah. you'll enjoy the story, do all these things, wait a little bit, get into the end game a little bit. And then eventually, you know, it kind of like peters Down out period, and yeah. then you you come back when the next expansion comes out or something like that. And it it can be played as a much more casual MMO if you choose to do so. Oh, yeah. Unless you're... It's definitely not... Uh, mm -hmm. it's, I, the, the fact that I'm playing it so much every day is not a product of the game design as much as it is I'm just having fun goofing around yeah, with people. <laughs> exactly. And you're, you're currently doing Savage rating. You're actually yes. catch, catching up to me in, in Savage Prague, but we did a lot of the stuff blind, which was... Yeah, Respect. it was... It was it was harsh when we got to the final one. Let's let's just put it like that. We still haven't beaten yeah. PAS, but yeah, you're also working on that. You enjoying the raid? Yep. <clears throat> I am very much. Yeah, it's very fun. I just it's it's so much harder. It's hard to find a group of people to do it with, but when you, if you can, it's really nice. It's it's fun. I love the idea of I tweeted about this, the idea of Prague, where you didn't have yeah. to win the fight. You went in there for an hour. You, you practiced it, you died many times, but every time you get over one little, and this only works because it's a scripted game, right? Like you have scripted phases, but I, you know, even with, I was thinking like, maybe that's why I liked Alatreon and exactly. is because because <clears throat> they had phases that were well-defined and you're like, I got it past the first Eschaton Judgment. Oh my God, I yep. got Fatalis to phase two. And it was like, we just played for three hours. We didn't beat anything. And we're hyped as hell, and we because had a you, good time because you got progress. That's and uh, the next time, it's you, it's it's called cleanup. Now now you're cleaning up phase one, and you're working on phase two. The next time you're cleaning up phase two, maybe, and then you know seeing a peak of phase three, and it's just you could feel the progress, and it's so nice. So I I kind of wish that Monster Hunter would introduce more phases into monsters where it's it's more clear. Like, okay, you are progressing because... But then again, the fights aren't designed to be, like, super hard. Yeah. So, like, you're not going to fail them for, like, a few days or a few weeks or a few months. So, it's it's just... It's a different genre of game, I guess. But I, I like it. I know I know for a fact that a lot of people actually resented when Monster Hunter introduced more MMO-like mechanics. So, that is something to take into consideration. Like, the core base of Monster Hunter is not as interested in that. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, you were not the biggest fan of Extreme Auth, right? No, because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. Like, and, if you and, I, do... and I said, I didn't say it was a bad fight. I just said, this is kind of crazy. I'm getting nailed by 
wind things being juggled in the air until I die. That's not fun. 30 seconds of being juggled. Yeah. Um, but that's because it was designed to reflect gameplay from a totally different type of game. See, and if so you I were, respect that. I, I keep it like our lag is really bad today. I, I apologize, yeah. guys, because I know that people get really mad when I interrupt you. Oh, when I talk, of, my icon doesn't pop up that I'm speaking for like two full seconds. It's really bad. Yeah, because because Gaijin can see like his his avatar and the camera setup that we have going now, so he can he can see the delay. So it's like, guys, it really is the delay. I'm not because people a lot of times people assume that I'm trying to talk over you, and it's like you no, really I talk don't, over you all the time. You really don't understand the level of <laughs> latency that exists between me and Gaijin. It is massive, and we're constantly massive. trying to speak to keep the flow of the podcast. Because otherwise, it'd be like I talk. And then there'd be like a Silence. five second pause where I'm waiting to see, is he going to talk? Is he? So it's like, we try to keep the conversation going and it just happens that sometimes we interrupt each other. I, I swear to God, I'm not doing it on purpose because people think that I'm just, uh, I've been accused multiple times of being disrespectful I'm, I, of you. I was really surprised because I was like, I thought I'd be the one that would be targeted with that because there's so many times I talk over you uh, unintentionally that I thought that people would be like, God, like he's like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like he won't, let people talk you know yeah. like and i love neil but i mean you got to give him shit for that but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah it's it's yeah it's it's true lag is a is a biatch yeah we we do have a lot of, of latency but like as, as i was saying like the i think that if you were to experience uh extreme off now with the experience that you have from final fantasy 14 you would have a completely different appreciation of the fight which is why when Extreme Auth came out, I personally instantly loved it. I was like, this is mm. freaking awesome. And I, and I started instantly defining like strategies. If, if people actually go back to that stream where I was trying to figure out Extreme Auth, they will instantly start recognizing it if, if they put like, um, you know, a little bit of MMO, experience, MMO rating experience behind it. They'll instantly start recognizing what I'm trying to do when I'm organizing that fight because yeah. I'm telling people, you get Charybdis, you run to the edge of the map. You get those goddamn tornadoes the hell away from us. I had to tell yeah. Kegrin to, to play a bow, and not a bow, but play something else other than aerial glaive. Because when you're aerial glaiving, you can't see when the debuff is coming. So it's there were a ton of different things that I did. And I was like, I will be a healer. Like, I actually took on the role of a healer when we were doing that. Like, yeah, I and made, now I'm thinking like... I want to go back actually now with you maybe one day. We got to plan oh, I'm, this. I'm, I'm and get a group of get a group of two other people who are familiar with MMOs and then play like an MMO and do a video on it. That would be interesting because but, I'm thinking like the, the the area that I was most upset about and I said this is bullshit was when he would drop before he dropped the meteor, he would break all or before he dropped uh, his thing, he would break all the rocks and then you're just screwed, yeah. right? And then but now I'm thinking well, if someone has aggro, they can just pull him away from the rocks. Yeah. You could exactly. just not be there. Or you can have him facing a different direction. Yeah. I'm that... thinking, I mean, there's no really way to to play a healer, I guess, unless someone yes, comes in from shield with, with light powders and stuff. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I did. It wasn't even life powders. Yeah. It was um, Mushroom Mancer and Wide Range. So, yeah, so basically, I was just like running around and, you know, we... I even call that build the white mage build. You can probably still, if you look up white mage build, you'll see that I even gave him the, um, that armor set, the, the barred armor set, which looks very like full of cloth. And then I painted it white. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the white mage build. And you, I jump in there and that's all I would do. I'd be like, listen guys, don't even worry about healing yourselves. Like, don't even think about it. And people that were in my lobbies, they never had to heal themselves. They just 
focus on dealing damage. And I would just heal and spam mount because I remember that I needed to mount him to trigger certain phases and extend certain phases to maximize their yeah. DPS. So I had like all of this strategy laid out for that one fight. And, you know, I personally loved it, and but I know of a lot of people that hated it. And it was actually... It, that was actually considered kind of a major achievement when you did it when it was relevant because oh, yeah. not a lot of people were able to do it. And it was funny because I I remember that I cleared it on one day and the next day I went and I helped uh, 269 and Paradise get their clear, which is really, Yeah, I did, really I did cool. my norm. I did the normal one. I don't think I cleared a stream off until like Iceborne when I went yeah. back. And even then it was not easy. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, I had not played the game, but it's funny just because when I when I you know fight the monster in Final Fantasy, he's a total pushover. It's so freaking easy. Yeah, it's yeah, so but funny. Behemoth and and then Final you see Fantasy then you go to Rathalos and you see everybody getting their butts kicked. It's so funny. You're like, it's so easy. What the hell? But it, it's funny it's because not... back then I wasn't exactly aware of who Yoshi P was, and I remember everybody yeah. making a big deal that Yoshi P was there during the the first time that they they played and they showcased extreme auth and now right right now that i know who yoshi p is i'm so much more oh, yeah. reverent of what happened there with riozo and yoshi p getting together and they're fighting behemoth and monster and i was like oh my god that was so important for both the communities right this oh, freaking yeah. awesome dude. but yeah so but yeah it's 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 important that we keep in mind that not everybody wants those mmo mechanics but having said that yeah elatron and fatalis were definitely prog fights even though they didn't have mmo specific mechanics they were prog fights which yeah, is and a you fight got, where you, you got you rewards learn. because you, yeah. you'd break apart you'd get a reward and you'd slowly gear up and yeah. it felt very much like a really good idea of how to take an action game and add in a little bit of mmo mechanic yeah, I I particularly remember like um, the, the the crazy strats that I did for Vitalis and the the thirteen hour. The, that was a day where I just played the game thirteen hours straight until I got one kill on Alatreon that I was happy with. I'm like, I want one kill that yeah. I'm happy with. With there's uh, only one thing that bugs me about Alatreon though that still bothers what? me, is they say that its horns give him the power to change element, but when you break them both, he, he can, can still, still do it. Do it. Yeah, he, he should I don't stop like that. I, that I, agree. I don't like. I agree. You should. You should <laughs> Luckily, stop. He'll die before then, but that's a DPS check. But it's like I mean, not always. <laughs> I had a couple sure. of attempts where I remember where I was like, I can still kill him, but I'm gonna die once because I I can't stop him anymore. And it was uh, actually challenging for me to break the horns with uh, with the gun lance. I struggled with that. It was always the yeah. the hardest part of the fight is like I gotta break this horn. This horn's gotta go. But it was brutal. And you do it, and they're like, doesn't matter. Still going to yeah. change. You're like, no. But um, th there's one thing that you said earlier that I wanted to, um, to talk about, which is you said Monster Hunter World Iceborne is, uh, you said it's your favorite Monster Hunter, right? Did I get that yeah, right? Yeah, it's my favorite Monster Hunter game, yeah. Um, I've been thinking about At this. At this moment. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I find it interesting that I don't think Iceborne is my favorite Monster Hunter. I think mm. I like base world more. Oh, interesting. If that makes sense. The, the, no, it makes sense. Because um, I, I love the, the monsters that they've added, but I didn't like the mechanics of Iceborne as much as world. Like, interesting. Clutch, I, I actually, clutch Yeah, I liked... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I liked the mechanics. And the thing that bothered me more about base world was that it was such a good game, but 
there were some real points of aggravation when it came to progression in that game for me. Oh, Mainly yeah, yeah. like the tr- the like finding the tracks and just the horrible pacing in that. Um, the story was whatever, but like Iceborne just took everything and dialed it up for me. Like th- to me, that was like the perfect way to expand on the ideas that they had and the quality of life over across the board was just like. Mwah. But I mean, when I say Iceborne is my favorite, it is saying that World is also my favorite because it is yeah. still a Monster Hunter World. It's just I I really appreciated that revision of it. It's, it's just to me, I feel like the clutch claw thing, uh, which one of the things that I've realized is that I don't like the degree of control that we were given uh, over the monsters, which is something that they've even expanded upon in, in Rise and Sunbreak. Yeah, it's too much. By giving us Wyvern riding, and I'm just like, this, this, is, this is way too much. I'd never want to see this. Like, I think it was fun for you to do it once. I never want to see it yeah. again. You know, the idea like, is they're supposed to be wild monsters, right? You're not supposed to be able to yeah. control them. And I and I agree with everybody who said that the problem with the clutch claw is that it was so integral that it became a scripted action you had to do. Yeah. And that just is like takes away from the whole feeling of just trying to wrangle a wild wyvern. So, I mean, there's certainly a lot of things I still don't like about Iceborne World, but I think as an overall experience, but also, you know, I did get to experience playing it with somebody, uh, my daughter. So that also raises it. But I yeah. think it was the end. I think it was just the additional monsters to me were so Kalv Tarath, uh, Safajiva, Alatreon, Fatalis. They were so much of a home run to me that I, and Celiana that I was just like, because I, I did not like Astra at all, but I love Celiana. I like both of them, to be honest. I, I love both hubs. For, for different reasons. But but Celiana is like I mean, there's a reason why Celiana is the track that I use on most of my videos where I like I just need a nice chill track. I'll yeah. instantly get Celiana because Celiana just feels like home when I play that track. It does. It's like I'm I'm home. Is it like a dun dun dun? It's really, really cool. But um yeah, the I, I the more I thought about it, the more I was like, Yeah, you know, base world I think was better because and it, it's one of the things that uh, potentially I want to talk about you more in the next podcast because I don't want to expand upon this concept too much. But it is the concept of a lot of times less is more and potentially yeah. Sunbreak is too much in terms of complexity. And people are like, well, what yeah, do you mechanical mean? complexity. It's, it's is not like, that it's... it's not that hard. And it's like you need to understand if you are listening to this podcast, you are you are a very specific individual. I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm saying like you are part of a niche inside another sub niche inside, which is like you're part of a small niche, which fundamentally is monster hunter players. It's, it's not a a huge niche niche, right? So you're already part of a small niche, which is you like monster hunter. You're part of another niche, which is you like monster hunter and you consume content. And then you're part of a third niche, which is, you like Monster Hunter, you consume Monster Hunter content, and you listen to the Third Fleet podcast. That's a niche within a niche within a niche. And this is just like me oversimplifying it. There can be even more factors to it. But fundamentally, for you and for me and for Gaijin, like the mechanics of Sunbreak are not super complex. Like we figured out, we know how to play it, we can figure out any weapon that we want. Most likely for most of the people listening to this, you can also figure out any weapon that you want and use the moveset correctly and all of this. But when you think about the broad appeal for a newcomer, it's going to be damn near impossible for them to properly understand the weapons. Whereas if you look at World, they were much more simpler, simpler even than the previous entry, which was Generations Ultimate, where the weapons were far more complex. 
And I think that there is a beauty in that and that, you know, things are simple and the fact that they are simple, it makes it so that I feel much more comfortable. Like, Oh, I'll, I'll play switch X now. I'll play charge blade now. And you can constantly swap between weapons and not feel like you're losing experience on some of the other weapons. Cause for instance, if I was to do say like for the next two weeks or so, just play charge blade. When I get back to Gunlands, I'm going to struggle. Despite the fact that I've played Gunlands for thousands upon thousands of hours, I'm going to struggle a little bit with it to get back into the flow of like, oh, I have uh, quick guard and quick reload and blast dash and all of these. Like, there's maybe too much in in Sunbreak, and I'm hoping that the next monster simplifies it a little bit so that people feel more comfortable going out of their comfort area playing other different weapons. I think it would be interesting. Mm. But yeah, I that, got a that's slightly different approach on that one. I think that it. the mechanical complexity of Sunrise is certainly a hell of a lot higher than the base games do, like the the generational base games. But I also think that's by design, and I think yeah. that I would have I would have liked it less if they had pushed it back a little bit more. I think the fact that they're going all the way out and saying, "Okay, this is Street Fighter Alpha. This is totally different. Like we're just going to go with it." That's better because. A half-ass attempt would would start to get really confusing. Like, what's the identity of this game? So I I like the complexity of Sunbreak quite a bit, and I'm but, uh, I'm not with you on Wirefall. I don't think it's too powerful, and I enjoy it. But like you know, but it's different. It's unique, and it, I'd never take these portable series games as being a demonstration of what they might do with the next big game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a testing bed for ideas, and it should feel different. Is it my preference? Probably not. Is it fun as hell? Yeah, of course it is. But like I like like I said, I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about that in this podcast because I want that to be yeah, a topic yeah. that's that we a, that's a more nuanced really topic. Dig super deep into in in the next time that we get together because I want to take some notes and really talk about specific things such yeah. as also the game structure and all of that. So to to wrap things up because I know you got to get the hell out of here, get ready for raid. I wanted to talk about sales figures, sales figures, dude. You know the yeah, numbers, the numbers of um, right? yeah, the numbers of all of their major game series, uh, which I'm assuming is like all of their the games in the series like put together yeah, 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 in, the in the sales figure, and I have here the the numbers for all of them. And Monster Hunter is currently the second one, and some people might get confused because they're like, but they said it was their best game of all time. It is the best individual selling game, game yeah, but as all a, time. a franchise. But as a franchise, the franchise is, is not Street, the most is selling. Is it Street Fighter or Biohazard that's number one? It's Biohazard. Biohazard, okay. which for the people in the West, it's Resident Evil. Biohazard oh, is what sorry. they call it in Japan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Resident Evil is the top one with 135 million sales of like across all of the Resident Evil games and all the different platforms and all of that. That is amazing. 135 million. Then Monster Hunter comes in second with 90 million, which it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting number because I believe that the reason that it's currently 90 is because when world became as popular as it was, a lot of people went back and they were like, Oh, I want to check out what it was like before. I want to get generations and I want to get, for you and all of these things, and you you constantly have people diving into the old ones, like you even have Heyjay. I don't. Doing a series I don't think it's that. I think it's like, you know how much World and Iceborne and Sunbreak sold. It's yes. crazy. Yes, I do because I'm gonna ridiculous. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it in in a second here, Did but it. we'll talk about that too. 
But uh, yeah, so then the next, for, for the people curious, next you have Street Fighter, Mega Man, uh, Street Fighter with 49 million, Mega Man 38 million, Devil May Cry 28 million, and then it's like smaller games like Dead Rising, yeah. uh, Marvel's Capcom, Ace Attorney. I thought Ace Attorney would have been more popular. It only sold like 9.8 no, million. No, that's really niche. It's, it's, it's very niche. Um, yeah, Dragon's Dogma actually is in the list with 7.2 million. So incredibly underrated. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never played Dragon's Dogma, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and go buy it right now on whatever platform Not you any want. Platform. Go buy you, you Dragon's know, I still, Dogma. I enjoy that on the Switch actually. Yeah, just as much just as much as I did on the PC because the performance is so good. It plays so good on the Switch, dude. It's insane. The, the I, I wish they'd make like a physical version of it on the Switch. Is there a physical version of uh, it? I think it's only. Digital. I don't know. I would buy it just for the book. I want more. I want more physical versions. I've been buying a bunch of physical versions recently. I'm, I I love physical media. Freaking. Okay. Yeah. I'm on the timer. Yeah. Give me the numbers. Yeah, Give yeah, me the yeah. numbers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got we got the numbers. So, for uh, let's let's start on the um, lower end of uh, the recent games, which would be Sunbreak. Sunbreak sold. 4.9 million copies across uh, PC and Switch so far. 4.9 million copies. Then you have, um, I think the next one would be Iceborne, right? Yeah, Iceborne yeah. sold like 10 million copies. 10 million. 10 million. So Iceborne is also doing fantastic. Uh, base Rise, 11.7, which is interesting because you know you have a lot of people that say, oh, Rise was clearly not that successful. Yeah, it only sold 11.7 million copies. And That's this insane. was, this is uh, a number, I don't know when this number was updated. This article was updated one day ago. Okay, so it was updated one day ago. I don't know if it's reflecting the sales on consoles yet, which probably bumped this up by a couple of million, maybe. Not sure. Yeah. But 11.7 million on base rise. And then you have on world, 18.6 million <laughs> units sold. <laughs> Jesus. That is I mean, people have got to realize like when a Monster Hunter game came out here, it's like a really good release was like three and a half to four and a half million, like that range. And then the US would be like half a million. And then in recent years, like for Ultimate or Generations, they'd hit like a million. So you're talking like global sales of like what? Six million? Six point five million? So you're mm -hmm. talking like Rise alone gain like eleven plus million and eighteen million on this and that it's just it's crazy bonker numbers. Like it is, it's no it is longer small. a small franchise. It's big time. It made it. And um, yeah, big. The interest. Another interesting thing here that actually surprised me is that Generations Ultimate and Generations beat for Ultimate, which I'm like, wow, really? They did because mm -hmm. uh, Generations Ultimate yep. is four point five million. But then again, Generations Ultimate came out on the Switch, so it's not fair. I feel yeah, like Generations Ultimate, it's not fair. But Generation not fair, alone. Not beat for ultimate with 4.3 uh for yeah, ultimate only that, sold that i felt million. was the right approach of like four broke it in so there was an appetite for it but yeah. i also think because that was the most action oriented type it's ever been i thought that was a great fit for for everybody that's when they really started to shift away from the the slower more simple gameplay so to say but anyway, team, Gaijin needs to go uh, kill P8S. So uh, yeah, we're gonna be luck. we're gonna be wrapping it up here. If you guys enjoyed this episode, then uh, feel free to hit the like button, subscribe, bell notification icon, all of that stuff. Do remember there will be links. Anything else you want to hear us talk about? Yeah, yeah, put it in the comments. We, put we it in the comments. 
suggestions. We're constantly looking at it. And uh, if you want to go ahead and there's going to be links to Gaijin stuff in the description where you can go subscribe and you'll see no videos whatsoever. Um, so None at all. <laughs> thank you all very much for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Stay strong. Stay safe. And happy hunting.